0: About living life a little differently. I'm Fiona Barrows, a business mentor and brand strategist for creatives. Hello again, and welcome to the very first interview episode of the second half of season two of There Are Other Ways. That's a bit of a mouthful. I don't think I'll be uh, calling it that anymore. Uh, Before I get on to talking about this week's guest, I just wanted to say a little something about my new mentoring packages. If you listened last week, you'll have heard that I've pivoted my business from copywriting to creative business mentoring. One of the things that's come up time and time again on this podcast is just how lonely walking your own path and running your own business can be. And that's definitely something I've experienced as well. So if you are currently feeling lonely and confused right now, unsure of how to move forward, then I'd really love to get in that trench with you and help you to figure things out i have a few different packages so if you're interested then please do head over to my website www.fionnabowers.com to find out a little more right okay sales pitch over i promise and back to this week's episode it is with Rabia Lomas, who I started following almost a year ago now, I think, and have loved all her content ever since. I sometimes find Instagram to be can be a bit too serious, and I think her playful posts are really refreshing. She's also been one of the leaders in a conversation that's been going on on Instagram and beyond recently about diversity and representation, and I've learned a great deal from reading her thoughts and experiences on it. We talked a lot about playfulness, the importance of it, and why creativity and play aren't encouraged in adults. Uh, we also talked about how she navigates between activism and playfulness. I really enjoyed chatting to her and if you don't already then I definitely recommend following her over on Instagram. But in the meantime here is our conversation. Enjoy.
1: Hi Rabia. Hi Fiona. How are you? I'm good thank you. How are you? I'm good.
0: I'm sorry you've got you've got a bit of a cold at the moment.
1: I have, so hopefully my voice is nice and husky and <laughs> easy to listen to, or it's going to be gravelly and hurt people's ears, one or the other.
0: Uh, I think it sounds great.
1: Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> and how and how are you? I thought you uh, had some sniffles just then.
0: Yeah, sadly, I'm also in the, I think it's because we kind of had summer and then suddenly it sort of turned back to winter. Yeah. Um, and I think, like a lot of people, I've kind of come down with something as well. Yeah. Um, oh but anyway we will soldier Mm -hmm. on today. Yes we will. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know you and hasn't come across you online would you mind saying a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you are living life a little differently?
1: Absolutely so my name is Rabia and by day I work in project management in technology and I've been working in project management type roles for the last 10 years and I am a parent as well. Um, but three years ago, I also started an Instagram account which I used to explore my creativity and playful side and started getting into photography and so sort of over time, very slowly over time um grew a little bit of a following um and didn't really necessarily have a purpose and I guess now I am getting a little bit braver about talking more about myself online but also being quite vocal on issues that affect me as a woman of colour and trying to raise awareness um, and bring about change by speaking about these important issues around intersectional feminism um specifically
0: um and I think you do it incredibly well like I love your Instagram I think it's absolutely gorgeous
1: um so oh thank you so (laughs) much I'm just sort of quietly blushing like oh no it is and really creative as well yeah and I guess when you said and how am I living a little bit differently I think it's um it's pretty full-on to be working full-time and parenting and also um trying to gain traction um on uh, online with with what I'm doing there as well so it is kind of different I guess
0: yeah And how do you balance those two things your day job and your sort of online work and content creation
1: um so I learned to uh, I learn, although I do get frustrated. I am learning Mm. to, um, I'm learning to understand that I can't be everywhere at once. Mm. And some days I will be able to give full attention um, to some creative work. Those are very rare. And other days it's, I have to honour my day job. And most days I have to honour my day job. It, It pays, it pays um for my house and my kids' childcare and things like that. And so I'm learning that I can't be everywhere at once and I can't go as fast as uh, say somebody who does this, who does creative or activism work full time. Mm. Um and so the balance actually is just recognizing that it's um some some parts of my life will be dialed up more than others. Some down, and as and when workload decreases, I can give more mental energy elsewhere. Um, if my son is ill, you know, all bets are off, yeah. he's home, he's with me. You just, um, it's a constant sort of weaving and dodging, and I call it like a graphic equalizer. Um, and I actually oh, wrote, yeah. a, I wrote a blog post about it a couple months ago. Um, about knowing what's important sets you free. And I always have in my mind that my family is important and my self-care is important. And if I always, if I feel at any point that those two elements are suffering, then I know I need to dial down the other areas. So it's really intuitive. It's not at all anything to do with having a whiteboard with a plan and washi tape <laughs> and post-it notes. It is... is not that because I just there's literally no point I could write a plan today it will be out of the water by next week
0: but it seems that you sort of you're very much like if I'm if I'm doing my day job then I'm fully doing my day job and if I'm with my son then I'm I'm do you do do it like that like you're you're fully you know you sort of pay attention to what you're doing at the time
1: yeah and I'm also really crafty as well so (laughs) in my (laughs) In my day job there'll be a couple of days and I'm flexible and this is a real privilege I have flexibility to be able to work from home one to two days a week like we're recording this on like a lunch hour mm. um and I am very like strategic about when I get up from my desk to go get a coffee I can take sort of 10 minutes to go and get a coffee and in that time I'll whip out my phone and share a few stories for example on Instagram that are important to me maintain some presence there um things like that so I am I am, I guess quite fluid and uh, like dynamic mm. I just sort of do things in the margins and do really. you find
0: it hard moving between the
1: two worlds because they're very different you work in quite a corporate
0: environment yeah
1: yeah totally although I've got to say with the things that I've been speaking about online recently it's actually helped me in my day job to mm-hmm to try and challenge the status quo um in the corporate environment and so I tend to wear what I want to wear in the office I don't wear blazers and smart things like most places and I challenge in that way I challenge not just what I wear I also challenge um things like my organization's diversity and inclusion policy things like that and I'm finding more and more as I'm as I'm getting confident, I'm finding more and more um, uh, complementary and overlaps, if that makes mm. sense. Although for the large part, it does it does jar. Um, and for the large part, there's a bit of compartmentalising, just so that I can just so that I can do a decent job of what mm. I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. It is hard mentally, for sure.
0: I, I can totally um, understand that. I, I don't think I'd be able to do it at all. Um, so hats <laughs> off to you for doing Thank it. Thank you. And do you feel like a pressure or expectation to leave your day job? Because there's sort of this narrative, isn't there, that you start as a side hustle and then eventually, it's always with the aim of eventually going full time, I think.
1: Well, yeah, I do. And this is the bit where I kick myself. I guess I feel a lot of pressure because I, it was okay when I was fairly invisible online because I felt like no one was really paying attention Mm. and maybe people still aren't paying attention but I do feel like as um I've gained a little bit more popularity I feel like um people do watch where you move your next steps Mm. what you do what you say and I've been on previous people's podcasts where We've had very similar conversations and it's like, oh, yes, you're on the cusp of something. And I feel like I've been on the cusp of something for two years <laughs> and never. And I actually think that <clears throat> somebody once said to me that she said that some of the best sort of stories are the ones where, you know, it took it took like 10, 15 years to build whatever it was that they were building. I still don't know what I'm building, Um but I do feel that pressure because I feel more visible and I feel like every now and again, people are watching what I do next. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I've got to be really sensible and this mortgage isn't gonna pay itself. Yeah. And I, I'm under no illusions about how difficult freelancing can be and how it really can test your your resolve when when the work may be a little bit dry, um, as well.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I really believe strongly that it's like work of yourself is overglorified online,
1: and Completely. That
0: the reality of it is um, is very very tough um in lots of ways but mainly fine but also financially um completely and it is and I think some people do go into it slightly blind I think and sort of with this idea that it's that you know it'll be a couple of months before they're paying their bills and it rarely happens like that I think
1: Um, definitely and I also think people have different starting points as well and we've got to recognize that some people will be able to it there quicker through some of the privileges that they yeah. have um uh, than than others and also we're most, we're more likely to hear the success stories from from the ones that have done well because yeah. they have done well so that you're in that sort of position to say well this is what i did here's what you can do and actually that's that that's whatever formula that is um, that may not work which is why I'm much more of a fan of these sort of anecd- anecdote, where we have different people's stories different people's mm. anecdotes um, because I think a broader representation I think then people can take whatever nuggets they need to take the next step as opposed as opposed to this is the kind of plan that I use so now if you follow this plan you can have this too
0: Yeah, I also think what you said about um, sort of like not knowing what you're building is really interesting as well because, and I Mm. also think that some of the most interesting and best businesses or sort of um, like platforms have come out of um, people giving space to not knowing and kind of finding their way. And I think that once you pull the trigger and put pressure on your um, sort of creativity or on your business to bring in your full salary, you don't get that sort of margin
1: absolutely and I actually do not think that I would be able to draw in anywhere close to my current salary mm. um based on any of the paid work that I get and the paid work that I've gotten is dribs and drabs of some brand work I mean I've only ever worked I've only ever done maybe five paid adverts <laughs> that's not gonna cut it it's just no when it's just not gonna cut it it's not going to cut it it won't even make half of my month's salary so it's do you know what I mean mm. so I'm I'm not going to yeah jack it in and I wouldn't advise wouldn't advise it until you've got until yeah well I wouldn't advise it just because I just couldn't risk that
0: mm. absolutely and what what was it that drew you to starting to create content on Instagram So sort of why did you begin why did you first begin your account
1: well, I was on maternity leave and I had time on my hands and I was largely, for the large part, pinned on the sofa um, under a baby. who slept a lot during oh, the wow. day, but not during the night, oh. <laughs> annoyingly. Um was going to be turning four next month. So, yeah, I started, I um, I created a new account. I had a personal account, which is full of all sorts of crap, but I created a new account and saw that my cousin... Rither um she is at before and again i love
0: her
1: yeah and she was recently um she recently became a parent um as well uh zora her daughter is um it's like a year older yeah like maybe like nine months older something like that and um i saw She was creating really beautiful pictures and I just, I wanted in. I was just like, I think this, I just liked how she gave in to her creativity and it was something that I'd never given myself permission to do and had been fed this narrative my whole life about how being academic is what is going to get you far in life um, so that you can then command the kind of salary you need to have a house and start a family and get a car and and i get that i get that i was conditioned like that and that's what my parents need my parents needed to instill in me because they were trying to make it work and we weren't well off and we were working class working class and just above the poverty line um and they only bought the house like in the, when they t- turned into that when they were in their 40s um and so it became sort of upwardly mobile so I think they just wanted that for me. They wanted to know that I was okay, so they instilled that in in me. But it just meant that you know, beyond primary school, and when I stopped doing art at high school, there was no mm. creativity there. So it just seeing someone that you're close to that you've grown up with, um, share themselves and share their creative spirit online it kind of gave me permission to try and that's just how it started and my first pictures are awful but (laughs) at the same time they're some of the most precious moments to me because I was really um yeah I was on my own and really discovering my creative self which I hadn't tapped into for so long
0: yeah and why do you think that we're not encouraged to be creative once we leave childhood because I always think about it in terms of creative writing that it's kind of taught at primary school and you write like stories every week and then you get to sort of 11 or 12 and it just sort of drops from the curriculum
1: yeah. I think education has a, the education system mm. Um it's a lot it's wider I think it's societal and systemic I mean does you know ah uh, yeah I think, um, yeah, it's encouraged to a certain point and then I feel like it is stamped out to some degree. And unless you have some kind of sport that you then play through, like, university and so on, it's and it, or you're doing a creative discipline, like photography or something um, at, at university, I think that it's not encouraged... I, you know, how much does it make businesses money? You know, what's what's valued mm. in our society? Um, because I think art is valuable, but maybe it's not as easy to quantify, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it also becomes something that's sort of left to those who sort of have, who, only for those who have talent are really then encouraged, not as like, so it's sort of seen for like the end itself rather than as something that's important for its own oh, sake if that absolute. makes sense
1: yeah no absolutely and I think there is snobbery and I've got no time for for that kind of snobbery mm. and I and I that's one of the things that I love about Instagram is it it's encouraged to generate a generation of photographers because it's dem- democratic it's it's made it democratic mm. and um and and then more people have access you can just you you can be a photographer purely just using your your iphone um yeah
0: yeah and I think also the fact that the arts are sort of seen as like um less secure in terms of jobs and also left less, less sort of lucrative and profitable means yeah. that it becomes something that only the privileged pursue because yeah. they don't need that safety net
1: correct they and they have that I, safety net and I think that that's such uh and it's a te- I think it's a terrible thing because actually playing creativity and sort of more corporate corporate settings has been proven has been proven to impact the bottom line in a favorable way because people are able to solve create problems in a creative fashion they're able to come up with new ideas that are profitable and ultimately people are just happier and I do think that we need we need to um we need our corporate environments to move away from you are in at nine you leave at five encouraging this um culture of presenteeism is that's that what it as that what that's what it means to be good at your job when actually if there is space given to people's creativity their play the things that make them happy in life beyond um beyond what they do at their desk um i think people would show up more whole whole and authentic as themselves and want to give themselves more. Um, It's particularly around things like flexible working. Mm -hmm. We see that flexible working is encouraged if you're a parent. Why isn't it encouraged? Because you want to do a hobby one day a week or you want to leave early so you can get to that pottery class or whatever it is, you know? And I think that is not encouraged but really ought to.
0: Yeah, I totally agree and I think it goes back to what you said that it's about what society values and what society Correct. values is really limited and it's yeah. money and status ultimately.
1: Yeah, but people are unhappy and I think in you know more I think more people than ever are depressed and anxious and and have these mental health problems because we're propping up a system for for, for 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 capitalism. I know it sounds really like big and political, but I kind of think No, I agree. It, it it is it is that. I was listening to a Radio 4 program today and they were talking about this very topic and how people are finding alternatives, they are leaving their 9 to 5. I
0: was listening to the same program. <laughs> yeah, <and this laughs> about the, the tiny woman. house movement as well. Yeah, there was
1: the tiny yeah. house movement and the one before that was there was a lady who went and uh, started her own brewery business. Um, there was an exec that he just left and wanted to become a cleaner because that's what made him happy. And it's people are leaving these jobs, I think, in droves where possible because the workplace does not cater for for our whole authentic selves, and um, and they value certain things that I don't think we can give relentlessly and repeatedly for the rest of our lives without running ourselves into the ground Mm. I don't think it's an accident that I've got a cold I know I've got a three-year-old who gets germs but I've also had a particularly stressful few weeks at work and I'm only just coming out of it and every time I come out of a stressful period I catch something it's Mm. like my body just goes oh guard down all the germs come you know
0: yeah and you're not we're not meant to work at that relentless pace like our bodies aren't aren't designed to kind of be going for that long
1: exactly exactly
0: so was the sort of emphasis on playfulness was that something that came out very naturally from you sort of beginning to like explore your creativity
1: yeah I it, it initially stemmed from the photography type work that I was doing on Instagram and I started to think long and hard about what it is that I value in doing that and ultimately um doing things with a sense of humor with a sense of ingenuity where I think of something new it's it's a really wonderful thing to get lost in your art whatever that may be and I didn't know why I loved it but I reflected on that and Quite, it was probably around this time last year that i was really thinking about play in a deeper sense and i've read quite a few things on play psychology and um playfulness for adults and why it's why it's imperative and i just wanted to um i just wanted to draw that out and advocate for it because i feel Like, we look around us and I can look at my immediate social group and we're we're never not busy doing things, Mm. you know? We're never not in some kind of hamster wheel situation. So I just think there's so much value in play.
0: And also value, I guess, in being bored and and having white space to just kind of... Because we just don't seem to have any of that. And I think back to, like, summer holidays when I was when you know I would get bored but then out of that I would then sort of like imagine a whole new world and you know like build it out of boxes and rubbish in the garden and like you kind of you you create stuff and you have your mind kind of steps in and if we never let ourselves get bored then we never get to that stage.
1: Absolutely and it's that same state in your brain is the same place that you know when you're in the zone and you're doing something and you're dead productive it's exactly the same part of your brain and it's creating um new pathways new neural pathways it helps you problem solve better it's actually good for you it reduces your stress levels people who play live longer as well um you know and that's no accident so it's good it's good for us and it's not just it's just not just for children and It's self care, and and play is is different for different people. Some people's play is like you know free climbing Mm. uh, mountains, and that's not for me. But (laughs) you know whatever, if that's your 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 thing of choice, like go for it. It's it's not the same for everybody, but I do encourage it.
0: Yeah. So what what does play look like for you then?
1: Definitely, there's different kinds of play. There's sort of. There's the get, getting in front and behind the camera and posing and being silly and dressing up. Mm. I love that and executing um, a playful idea. That's good fun. And um, if I'm undisturbed, which for the large part I'm not undisturbed. If I'm undisturbed, it's 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 a lot of fun. And they, there's sort of kind of also. A bit more passive play. I love going to the cinema. I'll try and take myself once a week if possible to see a new film. I'll go on my own, and I really enjoy um, I really enjoy that experience of, yeah, watching film. I love dancing in the kitchen <laughs> um, and more recently, my son is obsessed with and um, Lego and Duplo. I oh, mean nice. I will just follow his lead. He'll tip them all out on the floor. I'll sigh because I know I'll have to clean it up later. But then he says, Come and sit with me, mum. And he starts building and I just follow his lead and place the bricks where he wants where he wants them to play. And it's just ever so therapeutic to just actually play with my child as well. And um, so that's what play looks like to me. It's all those different things, passive, active, with children. On my own, um, and socialising as well. I love people. People are yeah. people are awesome.
0: Um, that sounds amazing. Um, and as you said at the beginning, you also use um, your Instagram, on your Instagram you talk about, sort of alongside the playfulness, you also talk about some very sort of serious subjects, including sort of um, diversity and inclusion and inclusive feminism. And so you sort of seem to sit at this sort of junction, I guess, between sort of like playfulness and activism. Yeah. How how do you find that?
1: It's odd, like I still, I'm like, God, sometimes I think these things are so <clears throat> polar opposite, but then actually, playfulness and activism that's me that is me Mm -hmm. there are two things that underpin I guess my values is I like to play and create but I am and no not but and I am a woman of color and I am proud I'm proud of being Pakistani I'm proud of being British um and I have had to over the years bend and mold to whatever is acceptable in certain social and educational systems and now with platforms given to us through social media and things like that we can share our stories and reveal and challenge what it, you know what that means to be a Pakistani woman pakistani muslim in in britain um and that doesn't mean that i don't like to play and create it's uh i am more than just my trauma Mm. and i'm more than just my play i am i am those things and everything in between as well you know
0: absolutely and it's and i think it's sort of it's we're all multifaceted I guess we all have kind of like different aspects to us um and I guess sometimes though I mean do you I think you wrote you wrote a blog post about how specifically how as a woman of color you find it slightly harder to move between the two in terms of how other people perceive you
1: yeah um it is I think and that was more on self uh, yeah I think on self reflection it I was kind of a little bit frustrated like it's it's no accident that when i talk about issues that affect me or um affect people of color and that get that gets shared that mm. gets shared a lot and um you know versus a post where i don't know i'm talking about the clock's springing forward you know it's um they will maybe get less traction and maybe people find less of value in that but that is still that is still me and I think it's really important to be seen as I think it's I just think it's important to be seen as a human Mm. you know a human that has varied interests that things will be important to them and you know there, there needs to be space for for joy not just trauma because conversely you know we the the circles that I certainly was moving in I'm still moving and that these people are still my friends are dominantly white women mm. we're able to celebrate their beautiful lifestyles um and I want to see the same you know for women of color
0: yeah, I, I can totally see. I, yeah, I to I totally understand, and I I guess it's that thing of of you feel like sort of of being of being put in a box, I guess, by other yeah, people. Correct. And it's just that that is then what they then you know that what they come to expect. But it's like it, as you say, you're not just you're not just a woman of color. You're many, many, many things.
1: That's it, and it must be really difficult. I think I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's difficult when if for white women interacting with me whether they <clears throat> you know they want they want to you know that I'll get messages like I see you I hear you when I'm talking about you know things that are really important and I want to raise awareness of and, and I'm wondering whether they're thinking oh I, I need to acknowledge this but if I post something out that's a little bit more playful, a little bit more joyful. Whether they're like, oh well, um, maybe that's not, um, I don't know, useful to them. But I think more recently, I've tried to be. I've been actually saying them when I'm talking about these things. Actually, um, although it may be a byproduct that um, white folks in particular are learning something. I'm actually doing it to make a little bit of room for myself, so that I can make room for other mm. um, women of color too. I'm actually disrupting so that there are more people like me in these spaces, and they feel that they can also express their whole selves. That's kind of why I'm doing it, and um, and that doesn't mean to say that I'm not I'm not friends, and I don't. Um, you know, appreciate and and value them. Um, I just want other narratives to be played out. You know,
0: mm. because it struck me when you started talking about this. Actually, sort of the playfulness and the activism in a way come from that sort of same place, of sort of exactly. rebelliousness, I guess. Yes,
1: yeah, disrupting. It's yeah. disrupting. It's disrupting, and um, I think sometimes that must feel jarring. I don't know, but. I kind of—I sounds horrible. But I don't care. I, if I don't do it, I'd just be hiding parts of myself, mm. and I think I've, I've done—I did that quite a long time—and listened to quite a lot of advice about <clears throat> what you should and shouldn't post online and how you should do it and when you should do it. And um, I've just come to realise that it's just easier to to be yourself.
0: But also, I don't think it. It well like purely so I do a lot of brand strategy. So purely from a brand perspective, it doesn't even work anyway because people want to follow other humans and yes. they like people who are human and who are messy and who are talking about the things they care about. Like That's that it. is so important. So I don't That's think so even important. from like a brand perspective, it really the kind of argument, oh, this isn't on brand, I always think, well, If if your brand isn't letting you talk about the things you want to talk about.
1: Then change the brand. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think you're so right. And I I found myself struggling trying to sort of, you know, mold. It's Mm. like, is this what what I need to do to be accepted and grow? And I found that I couldn't, um, uh, there's certain limits to what I can create Uh, in my photography world I I shoot by myself um nobody helps me it's always with a tripod and I don't have a lot of equipment I don't have a lot of time so I can't create um vast um vast giant you know like giant flat lays and creative stuff like that and I love the people that create them I admire them but I couldn't and I found myself kind of chasing my tail a little bit trying to keep on with the latest creative trends and actually it was just not possible and yeah I found that um a lot of things were were just a bit too much of a stretch for me to meet creatively not through lack of ability although there is probably a little bit of that I'm not the world's best editor um and stuff like that but I just can't regularly create the kind of content at the same rate at the same quality um and so but I, I guess what I'm saying is like I, I couldn't do I I can't do that so I didn't want to kill myself basically Mm. fall over myself and and put myself through so much angst um when when actually you know there's lots of different type of photography that's creative in a different way that celebrates who I am and some of my most popular pictures recently have not been grossly creative in terms of techniques and cutting shit out of cardboard but I've just played a little bit of dress up and put my fanciest um Dersi which is like a colloquial term for South Asian um, but yeah like Dersi outfit on mm. and really embraced that side of me and, and that's been just as popular not that I'm doing it for popularity but I guess what I'm trying to say is, following those formulas mm. um, with uh, with some of the leaders in in those industry, um, you know, it's not a one size fits all. And I'm not saying they're saying that. In fact, I know that they themselves recognize they themselves recognize that and are not necessarily advocating advocating that either. Um, and as well, but it's when when you're influential um, and you have a, a big following, people do look to to that example. And I guess I'm quite happy to set a different example. And I know that the right the people that will follow me are the ones that are happy to to follow my journey on that. You know, mm. and I don't think that I really gave myself that permission until quite recently. And how?
0: and how has sort of giving yourself that permission how has it sort of
1: changed things for you it's so empowering i feel like the dynamics of I, I feel like the dynamics of who i interact with online have changed and i feel like i'm more connected to the i'm more connected to people and friends That value me, not value me. That embrace my whole me, and I in turn them. I feel like I'm really finding my sisterhood, as well as yeah. I just find I feel like so empowering. And and previous relationships that I've had with um creatives online who are white women, I feel like the dynamic has changed in those relationships not for any better I just feel like I've got better boundaries and that they now know know me at a more they know my whole self more and I feel like when you put your boundaries there people respect you Mm. um and I'm not saying that you know I'm doing this to command respect and admiration but it's nice to to know that if people don't like you, it's no skin of my nose. And if people do like me, cool. You know, stay for a little bit, see what I'm about. You know, stick around if you're into it. Mm. It's just nice to have that that relationship where I'm not necessarily like about the growth, and I want to be, you know, a recognised creative online. I'm kind of not in that headspace, and I think I was maybe like a year ago. You know. Mm.
0: Um, cause it's interesting you said that cause I watched your live yesterday and you said that one of the things that you're like keen to like explore and look at now is about the influencer, um, what do you call them um um platforms platforms. platforms yeah yeah and I just wonder whether you could talk a little bit about that and what you've kind yeah. of gathered what you've kind what of found I've, out about that
1: <laughs> what I've gathered I've not gathered anything and okay. maybe I've shown my cards way too soon but I can't help it I'm an oversharer and why not I'll talk about it here as well it's not top secret but I perceive rightly or wrongly a little bit of an imbalance with with who gets the brand work and who doesn't. I'm not affected by this personally. I've been getting more brand work than ever, and I'm pretty sure that's due to my follower count creeping up. But I do wonder with these influencer platforms what the ratio is for having people of colour, people from marginalised backgrounds, so whether they identify as LGBTQI+, and um, whether they have a disability, um, age as well. So I'm interested in looking at that dynamic because I think there is... I think there is an imbalance I don't I can't say conclusively I don't have the stats but um I want to do a little bit of an appraisal of that reach out to some of the leaders of these influencer platforms and and get their views and get their take on it and if they've got information and data about the makeup of their influencers, um I'd like them to share that much like how businesses publish their gender pay gaps Mm. I do think that We will need, we need businesses and organizations to publish their BAME gaps and so on and so forth. And those aren't mandatory, but I would like them to be. And there's no reason if you've got the data, if you've got the raw data, if you're getting your influencers to sign equal opportunity type, and forms when they join you can start gathering that data if you haven't got it um so yeah i just quite like to do some digging and as well as just anecdotally gathering um you know gathering i guess more sort of anecdotal evidence from from people's lived experience um and the reason why i want to poke around in that is because i'm dipping my feet into brand work and if i'm going to move in that industry I'm gonna try and change it because I ain't seen anybody else poking around in there mm. you know and I know it shouldn't have to fall on, on on women of color to do that but if no one else is doing it I may as well <laughs> and I want to make it
0: better and I want
1: to make room for more people like me
0: do you think and I like I don't know what the answer is here but do you think it is it it's at the level of when people are getting um, influenced with work? Or do you think there is also like almost like sort of like right at the beginning, the kind of people who are joining, not just joining Instagram, but kind of seeing it as like a path they could go down is also lacking in diversity as well.
1: As in, as in like a lack of representation. So
0: yeah, I just, I just wonder sort of going back to what we said earlier about how you know having the time to be creative and to put energy into Instagram into building an Instagram following and into kind of doing this sort of thing it does that mean that there is that it's unequal and undiverse from the beginning is what I'm trying to get at oh as in okay so... so like the community that we're kind of in feels very again this is totally me saying anecdotally yeah it feels very white
1: oh yeah for sure for sure and, and and the most successful are white right yeah and for various reasons um yeah so i yeah <laughs> that wasn't a very well phrased question in the end sorry no no it is it is because it's i'm trying to answer it diplom- not diplomatically there's no diplomacy i guess in these topics but Because I need to recognize that, I don't know. So, what it is, is I know that they come, they have in areas, they have areas of privilege and areas where they don't have privilege. Um, Mm -hmm. I get that. But I think if you have a little bit of time on your hands and you're able to really go hard, Instagram you can really grow it I know that that's what's happened for a lot of people who were perhaps and maybe on on mat leave um, or whatever I think that's quite a common theme now I went on mat leave but mine didn't grow but then I look at what I was taking on mat leave and it was utter crap and actually I was very slow on the uptake that people could do that for a living by the time I realized that people could do that for a living I'd return back to work and I think maybe if I had some kind of skill or knew then how strategic people were, I may have gotten further along, farther. I don't know. Um, but I think if you're struggling for time to begin with, then you're gonna definitely not get as far as you as, as others who do have that time. Mm. That makes sense. But I'm I'm broad brushing it, and we all know what it's like on mat leave. You think you've got time, but half the time, <laughs> you know, you it, the day runs away with you under a flurry of pooey nappies and playdates and god knows what uh
0: yeah i can i can just imagine um i can totally imagine anyway um before i let you go i ask everyone what is the hardest thing about living life a little differently for you
1: oh the hardest thing about living life a little differently is um oh the hardest thing is that for me, is that I want to do it all now, mm. all at the same time I want it now. And so the hardest thing is is having having the patience and the resolve to to trust the process and carry on um, and and trusting that that things will come. Mm. for sure, I find that really difficult,
0: and I think, and I guess that your direction will kind of make itself clear
1: and it will unfold in its own time in its own way I hope so because this time last last year if you asked me what I was doing I was gonna you know I, I was committing to having play workshops and I was going to make a whole business centered around play and create a whole bunch of resources as to how play um play psychology can help and maybe write an e-course and maybe do um coaching and it never got off the ground because um, the ideas weren't fully formed and I don't think that I fully believed in it myself mm. and I advocate for play psychology and how it can help us um, but I do think that that stuff is something that will come in time and underpin Something else. I don't think that's going to be the core of my business. I think it'd be an element of. Mm. I don't know what my business is going to be. um I think it would be a mix of a bit of brand work and something else, but I don't know what that something else is. I literally have no clue.
0: But it seems to me though that if you had kind of gone down that play route, then you would have had that feeling now of being like having a business that didn't feel right for you.
1: That exactly, and it. then and having I'm... to unpick it exactly and so I took it was so funny sort of within within the time it's so funny within sort of three or four months of like making that decision I was like oh no I'm not getting fizzy feelings from this this feels like a lot of pressure and I actually don't think that this is going to bring me closer to being my full self and the moment I let it go and said this isn't for now but you still love play, and you'll always find a way to keep it in your life somehow and advocate for it. Thing, new things started happening, you know. Mm. So, I think it is just—it sounds so waffly when people say trust the process. I was just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I think it's kind of true. Just pursue what what gives you. That purpose and that drive that li- that lights you up and mm. um, talk about those things make those things whatever it is and then take it from there you don't have to have this polished specific business with all these brand values and um, those can come in time you mm. know
0: absolutely and what's been the best thing about living life
1: a little differently for you I think the best thing is that I'm getting more confidence about who I am in this world and what I stand for. I've always been somebody that's had wishy-washy boundaries, wanting to please people. Mm. And these last few months have been a huge acceleration of growth, which I did not anticipate um, of personal growth, which I did not anticipate. And it's, yeah, the best thing is that I'm excited to, to make a difference. I just feel like I'm, make, I'm making and will make a difference in the world somehow just by showing up as my whole self
0: and that's an amazing thing to be able to do to just be you and to make a difference
1: yeah it's a huge act of bravery and rebellion um and it's i don't want to get to the end of my days and regret compromising um compromising parts of my happiness I just can't do it
0: mm. yeah Amazing. Um, and where can people find you online?
1: Well, I'm mostly on Instagram. So I can be found at at underscore. Annoying that I have the underscore, but somebody else has the full handle. Um, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm really active on there. I do have a blog. So there's a link in the bio there where I will publish. Um, a post every now and again when I'm feeling ragey. Um, I also have a newsletter although I've been sending that out monthly I'm reducing that down to quarterly um just because I'm struggling to do it all um so yeah Instagram is is my home
0: (laughs) brilliant um Rabia thank you so much for your time and for talking
1: to me today I've so enjoyed chatting to you no thank you for having me it's been a pleasure
0: and subscribe to this podcast it really does help put it in front of other people who might like it and i do a little happy dance every time i get a new review <laughs> so they really do mean something if you would like to join in the conversation then please do come and find me over on instagram i'm at fbarrows. you can also find out more about my new creative mentoring packages on my website www.fionabarrows.com and you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter lettering notes in which i share in stories and insights from my own experience in living life a little differently until next time Thank <laughs> you.